Today's New Testament reading is from 1 Corinthians, the seventh chapter. Now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. I think that in view of the present distress it is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly toward his betrothed, if his passions are strong and it has to be, let him do as he wishes, let them marry. It is no sin. But whoever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity but having his desire under control, and has determined this in his heart to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. So then he who marries his betrothed does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. Yet in my judgment she is happier if she remains as she is, and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's Word, we welcome the Reverend Dr. Joel Bierman. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25. Now concerning virgins, I have no command of the Lord, but I give an opinion as one who by the mercy of the Lord is trustworthy. And then verse 38. So then, both he who gives his own virgin daughter in marriage does well, and he who does not give her in marriage will do better. I tend to be rather resistant to those who seem obsessed with pointing out the need to bridge the gap between the world of Paul, or for that matter, Luther, and our own. There seems to be this idea that things are so very different now, and so it is necessary to account for the great strides or sophistication or advances and changes between the 1st or the 15th century and the 21st century. And what bothers me is that this notion violates two great truths. Truth number one, God's word does not change, ever which means that doctrine does not change, ever. Truth number two, neither human nature or human need changes ever. Now, with these two givens, there's not much that needs to be tweaked or nuanced in translating truth 
from one century to another. But then along comes the occasional cultural anomaly, and I am forced to admit that, yes, there are some parts of the Bible that don't have obvious immediate application to the world of the 21st century. The last half of 1 Corinthians 7 is certainly one of those places. Paul is continuing here his discussion about marriage, which in the first 24 verses was almost quite relevant for modern readers, pretty much on track. But in our verses, he's giving advice to fathers about whether or not they should let their unmarried daughters get married. Now, that's not a problem perplexing most fathers that I know. Still, it's worth remembering that for Paul, this was a very real question. And this part of scripture that has become for us rather perplexing and seemingly irrelevant packed a wallop of relevance for the people in Corinth. So, what do we learn today from this old advice of St. Paul? Maybe it's not as complicated as we think. In fact, I think we should take away from this chapter of 1 Corinthians a message with great pressing relevance. The fact is that Paul was venturing, rather boldly in fact, to give very specific and significant advice to people about very personal and very important things. Sure, he's not doing it with a thus saith the Lord sort of pronouncement. He admits that. But he is saying it with the authority of an apostle who knows something about God and God's plans for God's people. Paul is getting into the thick of the people's lives. He's telling them whether or not they should get married or let their children get married. That's kind of a big deal. Try that in a congregation today and people will start throwing around labels like cult and tyrannical control. Most parishioners would probably consider their marriage plans none of the pastor's business. And that's just the point. Is marriage God's business? Well, the obvious answer is a resounding yes. God cares about how we live, including how and when and who we marry. It matters. So, should God's shepherd care about these things as well? The answer, again, is obvious. But there's an even greater lesson here, I believe. In Corinth, fathers made sure that their marriageable daughters found husbands. It's what you did if you were a good, caring, responsible father in the first century Roman world. Paul challenges that. In light of Christ's reality, the standard ways of doing things needed to be challenged and rethought. Christ's reality and presence changed things. The same is true today. And yet, how often do we in the church just go with the flow and do what everyone else is doing without giving it any thought? Maybe we need to stop a bit more often and evaluate in the light of God's bright truth exactly what we're doing and why. Now, this could get quite personal, of course, and it could lead to some rather surprising answers that may not fit neatly with what our own 21st century Western world thinks and takes for granted. But it's worth considering. Rather than just doing what everyone else does because that's just what you do, what might God have to say about some of those common and accepted behaviors and practices we all do all the time? What would God have us think about who and when and why we marry? If you were really listening, what would God say about how many children you should have? What would he say about whether or not you should go to college or just start working or learn a skill as an apprentice? What would he say about when you should retire or whether you should even retire 
and then about what you should do if you do retire. What would God have to say to you about your need for a new car, computer, phone, house? If you stopped and asked, and even sought the insight of God's pastor, what might you need to rethink about some of the things that we just do because it's what everyone else is doing? Christ has come. Christ is coming again. That reality throws a new light on everything. Make sure that you are taking the time to think about everything in that light, the light of Christ. Amen.